Welcome back to Unmasked. At least I hope that it's a welcome back, because that means that you haven't missed our previous amazing guests. Otherwise, it's a pleasure to meet you, and I am your host. My name is Alex. Today, I have someone I consider to be a dear friend of mine. She is truly one of the most welcoming and warm human beings I have ever had the pleasure of meeting. She is the CEO and founder of Sunlight Social, which is a social media marketing company, and really does truly have a passion for the creative arts. Today, ladies and gentlemen, I bring you Samantha Studding, who I will put a disclaimer out there. She has gotten married. Congratulations to her since the recording of this episode. So she might be mentioning her previous last name, but as of today, that is her updated last name. I've been I've been I've been unmasked. 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 I want you to kind of introduce yourself as if you're about to go on to a talk show or something. How would you want them to introduce you? Um, go ahead and talk a little bit closer to the mic. You can also find that with Oh, okay, perfect. You can turn it around if you want to, if that's better. Okay, am I introducing myself right now, or are you going to introduce me? I want you to introduce yourself, kind of just like the accolades. I know a lot of times when hosts are introducing a guest, they kind of talk about the accolades or talk about themselves. I want you to hear how you would introduce, you would want yourself introduced. Okay. Um, I am Samantha Crowley Studding. I'm the CEO of Sunlight Social and just a general creative. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Short, sweet, straight to the point. I respect it. Okay. So tell me about this. What did you say? Sterling. What did you say it was? Sunlight Social. Sunlight Social. Mm -hmm. Tell me about Sunlight Social. So uh, it's my social media agency. Um, I started it, I was freelancing before, and so I had Samantha Crowley Marketing. Mm -hmm. And then when I hired help, I was like, I feel like I'm taking all the credit by calling it my name. So then I rebranded as Sunlight Social um, in 2022. But we do do specialize in social media strategy for especially like Arizona-based businesses. Okay. Is this something that was a big passion for you, or was it just kind of something you fell into? It was honestly something I fell into, I think. Um, I So my first job was at um, a Western magazine up in Cave Creek. Okay. And I was doing, I started as an intern, and then I was a social media manager, and then I was the digital marketing manager. And when I was leaving... I was like, I, I wanted more freedom, really. So I was like, I can I can do social media for, for businesses. Um, and so that's that's what I did. And I started freelancing, like reaching out. I, I, I graduated with a fashion degree. Oh, okay. So um, I wanted to specialize in fashion businesses and like beauty and everything like that. Um, and so I started reaching out to anyone that was in like previous fashion weeks in the mm. Valley. And so I got a couple clients that way, and then it just started kind of growing from there. And then, um, yeah, and then I was like, I, I ultimately wanted to be an agency. And so when I needed help, I was like, this is happening faster than I thought, but I guess we'll do it, you know. And yeah. So it kind of happened that way. Okay. So with graduating with a fashion degree, what was what was it like opening like your own company and 
Because I know, especially these days, when I'm on YouTube or I'm on social media, the amount of quote-unquote gurus that are like, I have a social media agency Mm -hmm. and I make a million dollars a month from it and like they're trying to kind of push other people and telling them like, oh, you can do this too and all you need is like two clients that pay you $5,000 a month each and you're making six (laughs) figures. Yeah. And for me, when I watch those videos or I watch those people, I'm like, if it was really that easy and it was really as easy as just doing a couple clicks on Facebook, putting a couple advertisements on there or just landing calling up two businesses being like, hey, I'll do your social media for $5,000 a month. Okay, cool. Here's six-figure income. I'm like, wouldn't everybody pretty much have their own social media agency and doing Literally. this type of thing? Yeah. it's I When I see those, I'm kind of like, LOL, because yeah. it's, it's not that easy. Um, I mean, there is, especially if you have that kind of price tag on it, it's like you have to do a lot of yeah. work to be doing that. and. It might balance out because if you have like only two clients, you can spend a lot more time with them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's part of it's the market. I mean, like it is in high demand right now because especially like business owners don't want to be focusing on what am I gonna, what am I gonna post today. Um, so like hiring out is it is convenient for them, but mm-hmm. it's like you have to know what you're doing to be charging that much. It's not something that you can just like jump into. And there's also like an imp- like I feel like believing in yourself aspect of it too. Right. Like you have to have like have the qualifications, I guess, or like you know be able to do it basically. Yeah. And then you also have to believe that you're worth that much. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. No, I I definitely was thinking about kind of going into the industry myself for yeah. a while. Um, and it's still something that I do have an interest in, but it's because I have years of marketing experience and there's a lot of psychology that goes into it. There's a lot of, it, it's not just clicking a few buttons on Facebook, putting advertisements out there and be like, hey, I got you a bunch of leads. There's so much that goes into trying to create some sort of advertisement that is going to get clicks, that is going to drive actual business to the business. Mm-hmm. And I was even testing it out myself with, um, one of the old jobs I had, I picked up their social media for them because I was bored. I was like, you know what? I kind of want to yeah, see. I want to. I want to put my my skills to the test. Mm-hmm. See what I can do. And in doing that, um, I realized I was like, oh man, this would be so much easier if I had like. Obviously, algorithms changed so much, so it can't be like the same thing that you did last year is going to work this year. You have to consistently yeah. be updating yourself, updating your the ways that you're marketing and I noticed that because their previous person they were like yeah we hire someone else to do our social media and I'm like well you guys have had this account for 10 years and you guys are up to 1500 followers that's not I hope you know that's not good yeah like you guys should have a lot more engagement and I kind of did my own due diligence and research of like okay so this is this type of business I'm gonna look at your competitors and look at their social media and see what they're doing. And almost every other business that was like a competitor for them had 20, 30, 40,000 plus followers, but their engagement was absolute shit. Mm. And so for me, I'm like, (laughs) when in those kinds of instances, yeah, it's cool to have followers and it's cool to have 
people that are quote unquote following the business, but if there's no engagement, there's no point in having those followers, in yeah. my opinion. Like I'd totally. rather have less followers but more engagement rather That's than have better. millions of followers and have five likes per post. Yeah. And so when I was going through, I was like, okay, so what are they doing right? What are they doing wrong? And so I was going through like with Instagram. This company had absolutely zero reels going. And for me, I'm like, that's one of the most important things. That's even mm-hmm. more important than the posts now. Yeah. The posts don't get shown in front of people now. It's the reels that get shown in front of people. And mm-hmm. so I was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to just, okay, I'll, I'll post three reels this week and see how they do. We got 7,000 views on one single reel. I love that. And in 28 days, we were able to jump their engagement 1,010% according to the analytics. And so, and that's not to say that it's easier by any means. That took a lot of like understanding hashtags, understanding sounds, understanding what kind of engagement is, are, are people following now? Mm-hmm. And so there is a lot that goes into it, but then there's also now you're competing with all these other people that are like, oh, I can grow your business super easily in doing this. I've been to so many events here to where like, I'm, I'm like, oh, what do you do? And they're like, I'm a social media manager. And I'm like, Mm-hmm. Okay, that's such a blanketed statement now. <laughs> what the hell does that mean now? Because I can say I'm a social media manager for three different companies. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you my work is not worth $5,000 a month unless I'm hiring a videographer to come in and make 20 plus reels worth of footage. That way I can recycle and yeah. continuously make new ones. And unless you are posting at least one reel a day, three stories a day, one post a day, and continuously doing that to build the engagement and making sure that their followers are going up, which I'm not seeing that from all of these other social media companies. What do you do in your company that makes you guys kind of stand out against the crowd that makes it to where it seems like you are able to make a full-time living off of this company that you own? How do you stand out from the others? Good question. So... I would say, so, like, when we were rebranding, when I was, like, coming out of my freelance era, I thought my biggest differentiator was my enthusiasm, honestly, and, like, my dedication to the the businesses. It's Mm. not just, like, we're going to throw things up or, like, use the, um, like, general captions. Like, I'm going to put time and effort into the research and, like, getting to know your audience and also, like, having a smile on my face like when I hired my my two employees as well at the time um when I was interacting with them they'd always be like I had this idea I thought we could maybe do this or that and like I thought that that was so um like bright and happy and so that's kind of where like the name came from was like we're we don't have like attitudes about it and we're gonna work with your business and and like we're gonna kind of be be friends too like have a good attitude about things um and then as far as the analytics um i like incorporating reels and everything too because like us especially newer businesses or newer business business owners have trouble with video content because there's so like you said there's so much that goes into it right um, so incorporating reels for people was really huge and learning more about that as the app like has continued to evolve. Um, doing the research and trying to stay up to date with the trends, I think, is, I mean, obviously important. Um, 
yeah, and just try. I mean, just trying to maintain that level of organization and um, and positivity. So, you used to be like in the corporate nine to five world, right? Mm-hmm. When you were working for the magazine. Yeah. With going from that life, what have been some of the greatest parts about being like your own boss, your own person that you work for mm-hmm. instead of having like another boss and what have been some of the hardest and most difficult or things that just have made it a difficult path because I feel like especially in this kind of industry it's very much over glorified it's like oh I'm gonna be my own boss yeah. I'm gonna be able to sleep in whenever I want I'm gonna be able to take off whatever days I want I'm gonna be able to do this and that and being a business owner myself it's far from that at all I work yeah probably 10 times more than I did working the corporate life and the routines that you have to get in, the discipline that you have to have, just everything that goes into it, that part isn't, I feel like, quote unquote glorified enough. So what, what has the, how has it been for you? Um, I mean, pluses and minuses, there are, there are pros and cons to, to everything. Um, the nine to five, life for me at the time like the work environment wasn't great Mm -hmm. for me and so that that was like a big part of why I left really um I I enjoyed the work I was doing but we had so much it was a really we had a really small team Mm. and so we're all doing five million things kind of thing (laughs) and so um and working at like a million miles an hour and I I'm still trying to get out of that habit um, of working like, like at hyper speed, yourself. yeah, and um, because you know working that fast is like when you start to make mistakes and when you're not enjoying right. it as much. And I'm like, okay, I'm we don't have to work this way now. Like we're right. not in that same environment. But um, so so that's why I left. And then um, as an entrepreneur, <laughs> sorry, it's so funny to say that. <laughs> <No>. um, <laughs> I think. I mean, that definitely the pros are like being able to make business what I want it to be and mm-hmm. make, I guess, my life what I want it to be is there like that freedom is what I wanted. Um, and that's that is like luckily what I have now. But um, the the minuses, I would definitely say like imposter syndrome. I mean, it comes up so often now, okay. but like it's it's so it's so true. And like, I love that there's uh, kind of a more widely known like name for it now because Mm -hmm. like as a business owner you're like okay am I actually like can I actually do the things that I'm doing like am I like should I be doing this like am I supposed to be here kind of thing um and very much like am I good enough so that was that's the biggest like I guess con or like not my favorite part of being a business owner but um and and the discipline and like finding the motivation I think is can be hard too. Like sometimes you you just don't it's just not a good day, you just don't feel like doing it, but it's like you have to I mean it's your job, so you have to do it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> what is your work life balance like with it? Because I know for a lot of people who build successful businesses and successful meaning over five years old, making enough to where it's a profitable, quote-unquote, profitable business. Yeah. For them, it 
it's not just like, oh, I work like two hours a week and that's it. For them, it's like, well, when I started, I was working 120 hours a week and I was doing X, Y, Z. I was doing everything. Now I'm able to kind of step back a little bit, but that's 10 years after making the business happen. Mm-hmm. For you, I know you said you have employees. Um, what 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 does your kind of schedule working for yourself look like? Do you make sure to prioritize to give yourself days off? Are you working every single day? Are you able to make time for friends, relationships, and all that? Or is it just worrying about work 24-7? I, I do worry about work 24-7, but um, I... So it was actually, like, especially this past, like, year, it was really working a lot, and, like, it still is that thing of, you know, if you need something to get something done, like, you have to do it. Like, it's all on you. Right. So in those cases, like the fire drill emergency kind of cases, I'll work like when I have to. But um, especially after the honeymoon, like I said, we went we went to Iceland and we went um, to Austria too. Oh, that's right. You guys just got married, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh! Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So we did. Uh, we did that, and every everything is so much. Let me see if I can put this down here. I don't know if the cord's gonna be long enough. It's not just okay. There we go. Cool. Um, so everything's like way slower over yeah. there, and they that thing of they um, work to live, like they don't live to work like we do over here. And so after that, I was like, I can't work these crazy hours anymore. I can't do that anymore. And because um, it does, it interferes with like relationships and just other aspects of your life. Right. Like you have to take care of yourself, and if you're not like dedicating time to do that and schedule it or at least for me if I'm not like dedicating time scheduling that in I won't do it and then I burn out so after we got back I was like we're gonna work those nine to five hours and that's that's it if we can help it you know so that's what I'm trying to do now um and it's way better (laughs) It's, it's so much better like um just being able to kind of shut it off and check out um at the end of the day has been really nice and okay. kind of like a um yeah just different than what I was doing before which was kind of the extended hours and into the night and I'm trying to manage my time a little bit better too and like I said like working a little bit more slowly and I did hire so initially I hired two account engagement managers to do like the like responding to comments and messages and reposting the story the story and things like that I had them doing that and then um, this year the actual content creation and the scheduling was where I was spending most of my time and I that's when I was working those really long hours trying to fit everything in and so I helped I hired someone to help with that as well okay Um, which has been like she's been a lifesaver her name's April Um, but so with that I've been able to work a little bit slower not have crazy hours anymore as much (laughs) yeah (laughs) i know it's kind of hard to not have those crazy hours especially when you are in those beginning stages because you're focused so much on growth of the business and trying to make sure that you're fed especially if you have employees that they're fed Mm -hmm. and um i know especially when i start new business i'm balls to the wall i'm pedal to the metal i'm like i just Mm want to work 24 7 I want to make as much money as possible. I want to 
make this as quote unquote as successful as possible as a business but Mm -hmm. then I'm extremely susceptible to burnouts and when I burn out that's where like the imposter syndrome comes in that's where the is this right for me and all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff comes in and I know when we were texting a a little bit ago I I feel like you were kind of burnt out in a way a little bit and you were kind of talking about wanting to go back to the nine to five yeah is that something that you're still considering or are you kind of more like, okay, I, I'll try this a little bit more. I'll try different things with my own business. I think so there it's okay. It's exciting and overwhelming sometimes where we have so much opportunity, right? Like we can do anything that we want really, which is like, yeah, exciting. But then sometimes it's like, am I making the right decisions anyway? Um, so I was, de- I was debating about like, something full-time and I think that that could be really good like I am still thinking about that but I am thinking more about um trying something full-time but keeping the business too Hmm. and because I do have help now um and so so keeping it like a side hustle type of thing that's what I was thinking about Hmm. but it's still I mean still like up in the air depends on like I guess if I get if I get interviews or anything for I I applied to a couple couple of nine to fives but you did apply to a I, couple I did okay. I like yeah I've been applying a little bit there have been a couple of jobs that sort of caught my eye so I've I've applied but um, and we were talking about it because it's like I think it part of it is my relationship with work is what I have to work on like right. is the bottom line because when I was in the nine to five like there were like I said other elements work environment elements that weren't my favorite but I was like okay, I'm not happy here. I'm going to go do my own thing. And now I'm doing my own thing. And like, there are, there are still some things that I'm like, it's more about my attitude towards work and not yeah. being able to like let myself be happy about things. I think honestly. Um, so whatever I do, I need to work on that. Um, but I, I kind of am leaning, I think I am leaning nine to five because, um, just like planning for our future now, like, is as important and like having enough money to do the things that we want right um and like having a Roth IRA that's you know doing well like that's I think what I'm sort of thinking about now but I don't know it's also just a lot there's the pressure of having a business too can be a lot I'm sure you know that (laughs) it's not for everybody and that's why I do say I feel like it is an overglorified thing to be an entrepreneur or business owner because these kinds of things aren't really talked about they mm-hmm. yes it it can feed you very well and not a lot of people get quote unquote financially rich or financially successful working 9 to 5 jobs it's typically those who are business owners mm-hmm. but this path is definitely not for everybody it is grueling it, you have there's so much extra stuff you have to learn because it's not it's not waking up and having someone to answer to and worrying about firing it's yeah. you have it is a lot of responsibility to take on being a business owner being an entrepreneur it's it's not like I said being able to wake up whenever you want being able to do whatever you want whenever you want and it's like you know I kind of want to work for a couple hours today make a few thousand dollars and then call it a day mm-hmm. yes there are people that can do that but that's not how it's always been for them typically now yes there's anomalies that they've stepped into business and whatever they touch turns to gold but that's not the typical thing that I see at least 
a lot of times it is they didn't have a balance of work life they had to sacrifice a lot in the beginning whether like it's being single for three years and not at all worrying about dating Mm -hmm. or being able to tell their friends like hey I can't hang out for the next like 10 years while I'm developing this business pretty much Mm -hmm. or completely just revamping your life in a certain way like a lot of people aren't willing to do the bad stuff quote-unquote that it takes to be a business owner and stuff with your early life did you learn were your parents like entrepreneurs or are they my my mom freelance she's a freelance marketing um consultant which is kind of cool okay Um, so a little bit similar path yeah yeah and my dad um my dad was he, he was a welder for a long time then he was a burner so like he as a well he was putting things together and then he was taking things apart as a burner and so okay um so he was doing that and then um and then he got in, got um lupus actually so he stopped working oh, wow. um but yeah so my mom my mom worked nine to five for a really long time especially when i was in school because it was really important to her that like she would be home for me at the end of the day and then yeah and then when she became a marketing consultant, she was working from home, which was really nice. Um, and so I sort of got, yeah, I got inspired by her. And it's been nice also to have her, like, as a guide on the path, too, of, mm. like, I'm, I'm dealing with this right now. And she, like, has, you know, such great advice about things like that because she's she's been doing it probably for, like, probably 10 years. She had, she had... Yeah, like I said, nine to five was when I was younger, and then one of her clients became a nine to five ultimately, and then now she's back in the freelance area okay. as well. So you kind of have somewhat of like a mentor behind you to kind of show you the ropes a little bit and help you out mm-hmm. along the way if you do have certain questions about stuff. So that that does definitely help a bit in getting that entrepreneurial type of way from your parents and yeah. kind of learning about that. Did they teach you about finance stuff or what was your path on learning like financial literacy, learning how to budget yourself, learning how to handle money? Because obviously when you're a business owner, there are times where you could get a lot of money. And that was a mistake I made as my first business is I would get money. And then, yes, like obviously I'd pay my employees what they needed to get paid. Hi, guys. We're going to take a quick pause from the interview so that I could just first of all say thank you so much for all the support and love that you give this podcast. This is a brand new avenue and brand new thing for me so I am continuously learning and continuing to learn every single new episode that I record and so with that I appreciate your patience and sticking around as I go through this learning curve as there is no external help, no coach, there's nothing that's teaching me other than myself on how to make this the best possible podcast possible (laughs) so i appreciate each and every one of you guys all the support and love and continuing to show that support and love and the best way you can is to just tune in every week hit the follow button and share with your friends it means the world to me and i promise to continue to give you guys the best quality podcast I possibly can and to continue to make this the best show I can. So with that, we'll continue this journey. Thank you so much. But 
I made the stupid mistake of not really investing back into the business and just kind of treating it as if it was my own money. Mm-hmm. And because of that, we weren't really able to do a whole lot of extra stuff. How, what is your financial situation like with those? Um, good question. It's it's not something that I learned like in school or like in high school and college or anything like that. Um, definitely like so when I had a nine to five, I was making more than I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was a lot easier because it would just be like, oh, you know, I get my paycheck in my account and everything's, you know, solid. And then now it's definitely more like I have to budget myself more. So I guess learning, I guess kind of, I just sort of navigate, tried to navigate it on my own. But a big part mm-hmm. of it was when I did want to, like, decided that I was going to go full time with the agency was I took a course um with a, a woman that has another social like her own social media agency and so that was really huge too um like she provided like software recommendations and stuff for for like managing the business um so I've been using like I use wave it's mm. like I haven't used QuickBooks but I think it's probably like similar to QuickBooks but for invoicing and things so that's really helped to be able to see like okay like this much of like the profit is going to payroll and this much is going to like software and things like that. Right. Um, but I mean, honestly, like I, I don't have the best answer cause I'm still learning. Yeah. Like I think there's, there's so much to learn about finance and like, I'm, I, I'm definitely like a beginner at it, I guess I would say. And so it was really interesting. Like, so I was actually listening to like your most recent podcast and, um, just thinking about like, yeah, how much, like, you know about finance and, like, how that you were in the industry. I think that's really cool. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, do you have any any tips? <laughs> um, I mean, like, as far as tips goes, it, it, it kind of depends because finance is in itself an entire world. Yeah. There's investing stuff. There's budgeting. There's learning about different types of accounts. There's learning discipline with it. So what kind of what does your financial habits look like like what is your spending habits what are the good points like stuff that you're proud of other points that you're like i could definitely use some work in this because that's where i usually start off like obviously i'm nowhere i'm not a financial advisor i legally have to say that i i'm not i i can't legally advise anything Mm -hmm. i can kind of share my own stuff obviously for me, it's also very much different because we probably have very different incomes. We have very different bills, situations, and um, goals even, mm-hmm. which that can heavily influence where money goes, how spending habits are. For me, I'm an extremely, I, I would say I'm a frugal person. I don't That's shop good. really. I don't go, I, I don't have that retail therapy thing of mm-hmm. going and buying a bunch of stuff. For me, I spend a lot of my money on food and experiences. I, me too. I don't like to ever say no to new experiences mm-hmm. because I love creating new memories and I love just getting out and experiencing stuff. So I'll splurge a little bit on that. And then for me, laziness kicks in with food. And so I will splurge a little too much on food here and there, which I'm mm-hmm. trying to get better about myself. But it, it kind of just depends on your relationship with money. And yeah. I, that's actually a perfect segue to go into what is your relationship with money and how has it changed from childhood to now and then 
from working nine to five to now working for yourself? So I, my parents were very supportive, like financially supportive, like even into college, um, which was very, obviously very helpful. And so I think that that was part of it that like, now I'm needing to learn more about finance myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, so working nine to five, like having that more of a cushion, like being able to save a lot more obviously was really great. And then right. now, um, yeah, trying to trying to just, but like trying to budget more. I'm not a very, it's funny because I really like spreadsheets, but I do this thing of where I'll create a spreadsheet and like, I'm going to use this and it's going to be so great. And then I just uh, kind of abandoned it. So um, I, I'm not great about budgeting like specifically, like I right. have $50 for this or I have, I we're kind of in the same boat of like, I love new new experiences and I love food and eating out is like amazing. But um, so I, that's where I spend a lot of my money. And then it's funny because like we're in the fashion industry and I don't yeah. really spend that much on clothes, um, which honestly I'm kind of proud of proud of that because like it's I mean, that's a big like money saver. Like, oh, yeah. Um, if I were to be like getting the trendiest clothes every single week or shopping at these different stores, like I would have no money left. Right. For, for the things that I really want, which are the, those like the food and experiences, like I was kind of saying, but um, I de- definitely now is more like when I was working a nine to five, I didn't have to think about things as much. And I wasn't making, I think I was making like, at first it was 32 and then it was 38 and nothing crazy. Yeah. Um, but it was just, you didn't have to think about quite as much. And now being on a tighter budget, it's like, okay, actually, can, can I actually afford that? And like sometimes being at, at like parties and stuff or like going out and stuff, yeah. people are like, oh, are you like, <laughs> are you hungry? You know, you, you want to drink or whatever. I'm like, no, I'll, I'm good. Like, yeah. Um, so I guess trying to have a little bit more like a discipline now that I'm on my own. Yeah. The discipline factor is definitely a difficult thing to learn. Yeah. Um, because you see other people like typically especially people our age they don't have the best spending habits and it takes a lot of discipline to be able to not follow the crowd on to oh hey let's go out let's go do this because a lot of people they follow the instant gratification thing and that's a big thing that I've learned lately that you have to really instill in yourself is do I want to buy this $10 cheeseburger right now (laughs) or can I wait, go home, and maybe make some whatever that I have in the freezer or whatever mm-hmm. doing that? So it's learning a lot of the instant gratification with spending versus what would be the best long-term solution. Is it yeah. is it smart for me to go to a fashion designer store and get $1,000 worth of clothes, or can I go to a thrift shop and doing that? Um, grocery shopping versus eating out. Uh, there's a lot of it I, I see has to do with this instant gratification and learning how to either change the habit and changing what you buy or just limiting yourself on being able to say no, mm-hmm. being able to be like, uh, you know what? No, I'm not going to do this. Like with big purchases, that's one thing that I'm very proud of myself on is I hate spending large amounts of money at once. So if Mm -hmm. I'm buying a new thing, I will literally sit on it for days and days and days. Yeah. 
And then if I do want it later, like in a week or two, then I'll be like, okay, yeah, I, I guess I can justify it because like I'll even do like a whole pros and cons list in my head versus like, okay, is this going to be more of an asset to me or is it going to be more of a liability? Am yeah. I actually going to get good use out of it or is this just something that's going to be like a fad thing and something I'm going to use it? Something that you just really want in the moment yeah. kind of thing. Like AirPods. I bought one pair of AirPods like two years ago and I haven't mm-hmm. bought a single pair since. I really want to buy some. But at the same time, I'm like, are there other, other, ugh, are there other alternatives that could be possibly cheaper Yeah. but similar quality? Because in all reality, a lot of those kind of products are you're just buying the name. And for me, I can give less of a shit about the name of the product. For me, I bought... Instead of doing that, I bought, like, some school candy headphones, and mm-hmm. I'm realizing now, I'm like, okay, well, I do, like, they're not terrible quality, but battery life isn't as long, and I do want the quality that comes from something like AirPods or something, so yeah. could I splurge on that, or is there a different way of buying it instead of going to Best Buy and spending yeah, $110? Is there some on offer up? Is there some, like, finding those alternatives and being able to do that? Um but I think it just depends purely on the person. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also what your financial goals are. Yeah. Do you have very specific financial goals that you're following? Or are you kind of just in the boat of, I just want to save money, whatever? Um, I think, yeah, more like I just want to save. More like I just want to save, I think. Okay. And I'm trying to find... So, like, saving, ultimate goal for sure, and then also trying to find the balance of, like, okay, how can I save, like, enough, you know, to be good, but then also still be able to have, like, experiences and travel and things like that. Like, spend, I don't know, spending strategically, I guess, would be good. So, that is one of the things that I have, it's been a recent change for me, but it does change my mentality behind a lot, is instead of just, I just want to save money. Mm Mm-hmm. For me, I can't do that. I'm not going to end up saving money if I just say I'm going to save money. I ended up half... I made a thing to where I have a specific amount of money by a specific date that I want to do. So for me, I put... My birthday is February 4th. So I said by February 4th, I'm going to have $20,000 saved up. Mm -hmm. Or I'm going to have X amount of... like Obviously, $20,000, that's not... that's, That's just putting it out there. But having... A specific amount by a specific date set up and I also um, this has been a more recent thing for me is having reward systems so for me I want to start traveling a lot more Mm -hmm. I haven't been able to travel for a long time I have I'm not traveling hasn't really been the itinerary for me for a little while so for me I was going over with my girlfriend I'm like because she wants to travel a lot too and so I was saying okay well here's what we can do I have very specific goals, so once I hit the $1,000 mark, we can take a small road trip somewhere Cute. overnight, maybe spend $200, like a yeah. $200 road trip, and then once I save $5,000, we can do a $1,000 trip or something, or like a $500 trip and like slowly increment it upwards, and then do $10,000. Once I save up $10,000, we can take a $1,000 to $2,000 trip. And then idea. kind of increment my way up to where it's like twenty thousand, or um, like say twenty thousand dollars, take a five thousand dollar trip. Mm-hmm. Say fifty thousand dollars, take a five to ten thousand dollar trip. Yeah. Save a hundred thousand dollars, take a ten to twenty thousand dollar trip. 
and obviously it's you don't have to do the, that exact thing but for me making it more extravagant as you go but that like that way it, it incentivizes me to be like okay well I really want to take like this last trip it gets the bug going it gets that mm-hmm. travel bug going like oh this is really cool and I saw what we were able to even do with $200 but there was a lot of stuff we weren't able to do because we didn't have the money or the budget so I really want to be able to do this so I'm going to save this amount of money so I can be able to get a really nice hotel room be yeah. able to go to that steakhouse that we wanted to go to be able to go to this place that we couldn't afford before to do xyz and I yeah. want to be able to do that I want to be able to do this or even like well I want to be able to travel to this place but it costs even the plane ticket itself is half the budget so we mm-hmm. couldn't afford this but now that I saved this benchmark we can do this Obviously, that doesn't mean you have to completely limit yourself to travel, but making sure that, like, you're giving yourself some sort of incentive Mm -hmm. for these little benchmarks and stuff, whether that's travel, maybe that's buying a property. Like, Mm -hmm. when I save up $500, I can invest in this, and then once I save up $100,000, I can invest $50,000 into a property finally. Mm -hmm. Um, So kind of having very specific benchmarks and very specific things on specific days that was also in a book I was reading like making a letter or something to yourself saying by this time I will check my bank account and have at least this much in the bank account yeah and putting that kind of energy out there instead of just like ah I want to save up money it'd be cool to have like a couple thousand dollars or something like Mm -hmm. generosity or not generosity generality kills yeah being general and generalizing the goals and stuff is what kills. That's what makes it to where people aren't going to follow what they're going to go through. You have to have specific. I, I can't say that word. Specificity. Oh, fancy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to be specific on yeah. on goals on everything. So that's that's what I would say at least for saving okay, yeah. money. And obviously, I can't really talk a whole lot. I don't have a whole lot saved right now. I'm in. The first part, which is debt. So first thing you need to do is get out of debt. Mm-hmm. I need to pay off credit cards, student loan debt, medical bills, getting rid of debt first. So I don't know if you have debt or anything. A little. I have I have the student loans, which, um, yeah, I think I have, I probably have about 10000 in student loans, which isn't, like, worse. But also, I, I'm trying to keep up with the student loan like forgiveness business I know that there's like funky stuff happening there yeah with student loans that also gets a little bit tricky um because I'm not really sure how the credit gets affected with that for me the debts are that like are the highest priorities are mortgages car loans credit cards yeah stuff that has high interest and that's going to affect our credit the most so if you do, I don't know if you finance your car or if it's owned outright, but paying that off, mm-hmm. um, if you have a mortgage or if you rent, if you have a mortgage, putting money towards that. Um, obviously, it's kind of difficult if you have multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars in mortgages and stuff, just mm-hmm. paying that off immediately, but just trying to pay off the debts first. Yeah. Luckily, I don't have a lot of debt. All I have is some credit card debt, so it's a little bit easier, but my income right now definitely makes it a little more difficult to pay that kind of stuff off. Mm -hmm. 
but definitely tackling that first. Yeah. Yeah, I have to, I, like I said, I'm kind of like debating about the student loans. Like um, before this forgiveness thing, like even was an idea, my friend was like, just pay it off. You'll feel so much better. And um, so I, ha- I have that. Um, it's not like, I'll, I'll, I'll get, I'll, figure it out and I'll you know yeah. I'll get to it yeah um but yeah we we just got a house so we have we have the mortgage and um so we're doing that but hopefully yeah ideally save, saving too <laughs> I would it's definitely tough. it's tough uh, it is extremely tough especially in today's society mm-hmm. um but that's why doing those things like the specific goals does help I know yeah. there's also envelope tricks I know there's like some different things where you put x amount into an envelope or there's like a bunch of like if you go on tiktok or youtube or something there's a lot of different like savings hacks and stuff mm-hmm. for me i don't like cash i don't like I don't carrying cash either. or anything no, so either. those envelope things don't really work that well for me mm-hmm. i'd rather just find some sort of high yield savings account totally. and just put it away something that I'm not going to be checking. I don't want to be able to log into my bank account and see it right there. I want it to be something to where it's hard for me to check it. I can do maybe set up automatic deposits to it, Mm -hmm. but I don't want to be able to check it every single day because if you're doing that, you're kind of feeding yourself, oh, I have this money if I need it. And like you're creating these fake emergencies like, oh, my Mm -hmm. God, I need a Chanel purse. (laughs) So... I need to take some money out so I can do it's that. An it's, a, it's a fashion emergency. <laughs> it's a fashion emergency, yeah. With that kind of stuff versus like when you actually need it. If your dog's going to the vet or something, and you're like, yeah. I do need to dip into it. You can. It yeah, might take there. a little bit, but you can. And that's why like I used to treat the stock market like my savings account. Mm-hmm. But for me, unfortunately, that one's a lot more difficult because it takes days. I mean, yeah. it was good for the fact, obviously, diversifying your savings instead of putting all in one thing. I enjoyed being able to put like half of it in liquid cash into a savings account that's high mm-hmm. yield and then the other half into investment type of things, whether it's a Roth, whether it's an IRA of some sort, whether yeah. it's a retirement account or the stock market. Mm-hmm. Just that way there is a diversity in whatever you're investing in and it's not just all in one place yeah um so there are multiple different ways um so that was was one thing that i like wish that i knew earlier they don't tell you about high yield savings accounts no like no what why why would you not tell me about that you know what i mean um i was listening to joe rogan's podcast actually and they were talking about schools and stuff of how they don't teach anything like yeah. everything that I've learned in finance not a single bit of it I learned in school it was all through YouTube through working in finance through making my own fuck-ups happen financially with like oh I really wish I would have saved money in here or I really wish I would have put this doing this or I had this amount of money why didn't I put it into a CD or mm-hmm. why didn't I or why, why couldn't I, like, learn the financial literacy where I needed yeah. it? Yeah, because when you need it, it's, like, young. And, like, I feel like I hear so many times, if you put in $6,000 in your Roth IRA when starting at 21, it's, like, at 21, that's not what you want to be doing with your money. And no. that's And when I was 21, that's not even something that I understood or knew about. I didn't even have the ability to do something like that. I yeah, wasn't no, making we, yeah. enough money to be able to put thousands of dollars away into a Roth IRA for me I'm like I'm sorry I had rent to pay I had Mm -hmm. 
Like, I've been on my own since I could legally be on my own. And so I've had to pay everything myself. So I'm like, I couldn't follow all these magic ratios of the 50-30-20 rule, which that's a really good thing to try to follow. But a lot of times it's like, well, my rent takes up 80% of my income. Mm -hmm. So I have literally 20 bucks a week to live off of for myself because my job, just out of this, they want 10 years of experience for Mm -hmm. a job that I can't get. And so I can't get this job or they want this. And so they're only paying me the absolute minimum, which is $20 an hour. And my gas tank is $50 now. And I have to commute to here. My rent is $2,000 and doing all this. And so it's crazy. it, it, It sucks with all that. But I mean, I do think that was a big issue that happened is not learning financial literacy and even a lot of teachers and stuff like I wouldn't even trust them to teach me financial literacy because a lot of times I know teachers and a lot of times they don't have the best spending habits themselves Mm -hmm. and so I feel like it would be very beneficial if they could hire like a financial advisor to come in and be like hey here's some good budgeting tips here's some good things on that like there was one economics economics class I took that did kind of help with like stock market stuff well that was awesome I'm like it would have been really cool to be able to be like, oh, here's we're for this semester we're gonna give you a fake income and we're yeah. gonna give you these bills and stuff and you're gonna be able to see what it's like to have the income and kind of play with that money beforehand. I love that idea. That would have been so cool if like that would be super cool. Here's what the average American income looks like. But mm-hmm. here's all the bills that you're gonna have. And so being able to have us kind of play with that money of like, oh, awesome, I get $6,000 a month. Yeah. Oh, I can go do this and this and this. If they literally would have been able to do that for like the entire high school career, like yeah. you go into high yeah. school and it's like, we want to be able to have you guys understand what it's like to have all this happen. Because mm-hmm. then people could have gone broke without obviously having the homelessness to deal with and been like, oh, well, you can't afford to go out tonight because you have to save for this and yeah here's some awesome budgeting techniques and stuff and be able to teach us along the way with like okay so you have to pay taxes so don't forget about that you have to pay rent you have to pay your phone bill you have to pay car insurance you have to mm-hmm. pay this you have to pay all that and then that way i could have been like oh shit i actually only have like 50 bucks for this to spend mm-hmm. or it's like i really want to buy this it's like well you have money for it yeah uh well no it's like well then you have to wait till your next paycheck or something. Yeah. And learning how to do that. I think that'd be so fun because I could even think about like, so say it was like, it was like over a semester or something, mm-hmm. being able to like, maybe it's a thousand dollars to like skip a homework assignment or something like yeah. that. And like, if you have that money, like go for it. But if you've already used it or you don't have it, like, yeah. sorry, like, and that's how the world works. Like, I think oh, I want people to do that so badly. Like that, that would be <laughs> so cool to have something like that happen in school because there's so many like, Luckily, I did get to learn a little bit earlier on about finances and all that, but not a lot of people have that, and a lot of people are stuck being supported by their parents until they're in their late 20s or something, and they're like, Mm -hmm. well, I'm still living with my parents, and I can't really do this, and I still have to ask for this, and I'm like, you're an adult, though. Like, you should be on your own making your own money, and they're like, well, I have, like, a part-time job that I'm able to do this, and I'm like, that's disgusting. I'm sorry, but, like, if you're in your 20s, you need to be working. You need to be doing something for income for yourself living on your parents living in your room in your late 20s 
that does I know that's kind of a controversial point and stuff but for me I love the fact I was I've been on my own mm-hmm. for this long yes I've gotten myself into little things here and there but I kind of learned that it was no one's fault but my own mm-hmm. and it gave me that sense of responsibility of like well I need to be able to pay my rent I need yeah. to be able to pay for this I need to be able to do this it gave me that sense of responsibility from my parents of hey mom can you help me out with this or hey can you mm-hmm. do this like my parents make even less than I do and so I've, I've never been able to ask them for help for anything but that also made it to where I had to ha- learn the figure it out mentality I didn't have the backboard or the safety net of parents of like, hey, I can't afford to pay my car note this year or this month. Mm-hmm. Can you help me out? For me, I'm like, well, I could do plasma. I can do DoorDash. I mm-hmm. can do one of these other things and hope for the best, pray as much as I can. And if I need to take out a credit card thing, I can do that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's not the best thing, but it, it made me learn to figure out mentality very early on. And that's something that I feel like needs to be instilled in us Yeah. a lot earlier on. The yeah. amount of times I'm hearing like friends of mine, they're like, oh, I'm, I'm struggling with bills this month. I had to ask my parents and I'm like, you didn't have to ask your parents. No, I know. I, I would feel I would feel so bad about that because like I agree. I feel like it's kind of like a, like a it's a pride thing for me, too. Mm-hmm. It's like I want to be able to No, like I got it. Like I'll figure it out. I got it. Right. Um. I feel like that attitude too, though, is like probably why you lean towards entrepreneurship so much. Like, yeah. you know, yeah, like I, I got it. Like I'll figure it out, and you know, we're gonna do, th- we're gonna do this. Well, I also want to be able to control my own income more. Yeah. Like I am okay with sacrificing a little bit of time and energy and social life here and there for me. I didn't grow up financially independent and free at all. I grew up on the bottom of the spectrum on the financial barrel. And for me, I want to be able to financially provide for my family. Mm-hmm. I grew up a little bit with older tactics and stuff in family. And obviously, I'm not going to make my wife not work. If she wants to work and she wants to do what she wants to do, cool. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to hold her back from it. But I do feel, as the man, it is my job to be able to provide for my family, be able to make sure that my family is provided for. Mm-hmm. And whether that's a religious aspect, whether that's just a aspect of just old things that instilled in me, but that's how I feel it is. I've been a provider my entire life. I provided for me and my mom growing up, and so that's very much instilled in me. And even my girlfriend, she doesn't really understand it. She's like, I don't know how or why Like you think about finances and you think about this so much, and I'm like, it's instilled in me. Mm-hmm. I have to like I have to be able to independently provide for myself and my family. Yeah. I feel like I've failed as a man if I'm not able to provide. That is my role and that is that and it's not to take anything away from my partner. And it's mm-hmm. not to take anything away from the woman. If they want to help provide, by all means, you can help provide. I'm not going to tell you, no, you're not allowed yeah. to do this. You're your job is to do this for me I'm like no like you don't have we don't have jobs but for me and it might it might be a toxic trait for some I don't, I don't think so but that's that's I don't know what what is your opinion on that I think especially like 
based on like what you said about growing up like that's a big part of you like you know so many things happen when you're younger shape who you are Mm -hmm. and I think that like if you were providing for your mom like obviously like that would continue I would say like yes you want to provide for your family and um and I think that could be like a secure like a security thing too like and being able to say like no I got it like we're good and especially like if it is like you're you know with your like with your income say like by itself like Mm -hmm. if you've got it then that's perfect and then if your wife has a job too even better you know what I mean I feel like I feel like that makes sense basically my goal I want to make enough money for the family to where we don't ever have to worry about bills we don't have to worry about housing or food or anything um and then maybe being able to pay for extravagant stuff here and there Mm -hmm. my thing is for my wife I if she wants to do extravagant stuff herself um we can talk about whether or not she wants to be a stay-at-home mom or like a housewife type of thing if so obviously I would be paying for it but obviously both parties I I do believe that both parties have to put in work I don't like the fact of like I like having equality in a relationship Mm -hmm. if you do agree to have a housewife slash work husband type of relationship I do think that, like, okay, well, your husband's out making money doing all this. You do need to keep up with the house. You do need to make sure that the environment that he comes home to is good. That's not saying that you're not allowed to have your own fun and stuff, but you do have the responsibility of making sure that this. Because that's your, like, job then if you're a stay-at-home. If you're both working, it's both of your responsibility to make sure the house is kept up with because you guys are both putting energy into separate things. So, and that's... I, I, I just think that... I don't like the relationships are like, oh, my husband works. I sit around and do nothing all day. I can sleep in till noon, go and spend his money and do all this. Yeah, I don't like that. I, <laughs> I provide myself and that's what I provide for me. I'm like, that's the biggest bullshit ever. You're both human beings. Mm-hmm. He shouldn't be providing everything yeah. or she shouldn't be providing everything. If, like, it's a partnership. It is, it's a partnership and no, it's not going to be 50-50. That whole 50-50 thing is bullshit. It's mm-hmm. Sometimes it is 80-20. Sometimes yeah. it is different ratios. But you guys both need to put in work into the relationship. There's no, oh, my presence is enough for this relationship. It's like, no, that's bullshit. It's work. I heard something recently, like, th- thinking about that 80-20 that I thought was so interesting. I can't remember where I heard it. But this this woman was talking about her and her husband, and they have this open communication where, like, sometimes like i'm i'm at a i'm at a 20 I, i'm at I a 22 yes. you did too yes i thought that was so cool and then you work together to okay yeah. how can we make up the rest of this that yeah. we're missing like you I come home that. i'm at a 60 okay cool i can provide 40 today or yeah. i'm at a 90 like good because i'm like at a 10 i can't yeah. do anything okay cool but it's not even just for like affection or anything it's when it comes to like those relationships i feel like it definitely you need to figure out ways to be able to provide energy from both of you guys into the yeah. relationship whether that means both vias are working whether that means that one person's working one person's taking care of the home mm-hmm. um i want to give my wife the option to work i don't want her to ever feel like she has to work to provide that i feel like providing is my my duty i don't want to be a house husband i don't want to be a, a stay-at-home husband type of thing i'm i'm a worker i've been working mm-hmm. my whole life i'm a worker that's just how I am. If my wife says that she does want to be a stay-at-home wife, I will make sure that she's able to do that. But 
I will have my own expectations of like, okay, well, you are still an adult. Mm-hmm. I'm not your father. I'm not your parent. So I'm not just going to be treating you as such. You, yeah. I do expect this to happen. I do expect to come home to a nice house and possibly like, like I can obviously take care of myself. I don't need you to feed me every time I need to be fed. I don't need to do all this, but making sure that we have supplies for the house, making sure it's clean, yeah. making sure that these things are kept up with things that I can't do because I'm at work. Yeah. If you're at work and I'm at work, I will make sure that I take time and we can split up chores or something. And yeah. I know that's all these are controversial points and stuff, which I think is most bullshit ever. It should be really <laughs> controversial. It yeah. should be like, well, duh, both people need to put energy in. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It's no, I, I, I totally see your point and I agree with that because it's like that like saying at staying at home and obviously based on like agreements and specific relationships right. and things like that but like my my thought is like if they're at home that is that's their job then right like that that's the job that they're taking on so like yeah they would you know hopefully clean and and do everything that's supposed to be done in that in that area yeah but. so getting to like the last little topic what is one big issue today that you feel like doesn't have enough attention to it and what's an issue that you feel like has too much attention brought to it I was trying to think about it too and <laughs> <I> still, <laughs> um, things that need something that has too much attention and need okay and something that needs more attention it's fun. So kind of like my, the first thing that comes to my mind, I guess, is is social media. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk this. The, OK, this might be like controversial, but um, I feel like there is people talk about social media being bad for your mental health so much. And like, it's true. Like, yeah. it's true. Um, but it's it's out there like so, so much. Maybe it's I don't know. Like, it's, it's good to continue to talk about it. But I I also am like, okay, let's do like let's do something then. Yeah. Um, if it's if it's this bad, because I I agree. Like there are some times where that contributes to my like nine to five dreams as well. And sometimes when I'm burning out, I'm like, I'm just gonna go work in a greenhouse and you know shut off yeah. my phone phone forever kind of thing. Um, I don't know. So that might like like might have too much attention, but just in the way that like like actually, social media in general has too much attention. I guess like. I'm thinking about the fact that like it is bad for your mental health like yeah and not necessarily that it has too much attention but more like okay yes like it is bad for our mental health let's fix it kind of right. thing um and something that doesn't have enough it's so tough but maybe just like exploring exploring like your mind and not being afraid to like learn these different aspects of yourself I don't know if that's like I think we were talking thinking about like more world issue type of things but it doesn't have to be world issues it can be literally anything with social media with um politics religion literally nothing is off the table with this I the first things for me that come to mind that has too much attention um, I do agree with the social media thing, and 
I think that too many people are focusing on the wrong things on social media. Yeah. Um, and like that's not given enough attention is your own mental health and being human. The parts of everything that aren't talked about enough with expressing emotion or not even expressing emotion but just failures happen and that's normal that's just because you're not rich by 12 years old and not a huge entrepreneur does not mean you're a failure Mm -hmm. and that a lot of what you see on social media is complete bullshit Mm-hmm. and it's someone trying to sell a course to you or it's someone that's trying to make money off of you that what they are showing on social media is bullshit 100%. You know, I changed my answer. I was thinking about it. <laughs> For something that doesn't have enough attention is I think just being in the present moment because um I like, I like so like couple years ago like I I would find myself like I'm at concerts with my phone and I'm you know taking all these videos I never would go back and watch them I would never watch them but I have like 20 videos on my phone from this concert it's like I should have just been there present yeah and so that's what I try to do now too like especially like at dinner like at different places like if I don't have to be on my phone like I really try not to because it's like I could be scrolling through TikTok anywhere but I'm never going to have this experience right now Um, again, if I am on my phone. It's really funny that you mentioned that too, because with 4th of, 4th of July just happening, everybody's first thing that they want to do is pull out their phone and record their fireworks. Mm-hmm. For me, I might watch it like the day later or something, but chances are it just goes on my story and then disappears forever. Literally. I don't ever watch those videos <laughs> ever again. Yeah. And so... Um, my girlfriend was in California, and their fireworks are illegal. So I had it on FaceTime, and so I was doing that. But for me, being able to not have, like, even with concerts, like you were saying, the amount of time, like, I've never really, I might look back at the memory of, like, oh, I'm having yeah. fun at a concert and doing that and being able to post the memory. But sitting there recording the concert itself, I'm like, there's too much bass and stuff happening. You can't listen to it like it's a song or anything because there's mm-hmm. too much background noise happening. You can kind of reminisce for like a quick couple seconds. And I, I can justify like pulling out your phone for a couple seconds to yeah. like take a selfie with your friends. But the or, whole concert yeah, is like, like a different story. <laughs> having like a 20 minute long video or constantly pulling out. Like I can justify pulling out your phone once or twice or totally. like three times throughout the whole night mm-hmm. to like this is a fun memory for us it's our birthday or it's our first time watching our favorite artists together or something doing that but you like those people that post 20 30 40 plus stories of that concert and stuff i've literally i clicked the three of them like okay i'm bored already i wasn't there and this video is shaky i can't hear anything i don't even know who you're watching because i can't see the screen Mm -hmm. and you're too far away from the artist to be able to actually understand like it's different if you're in the front row yeah. and the artist is like right up there in yeah. front of the camera. Then I'm like, okay, I, I'll watch that. That actually mm-hmm. looks kind of interesting. But if you're one of those people that's all the way in the back row and you're like, oh, cool, I'm and watching this there person. They are. And <laughs> you can't small. even see like the screen or anything. I'm like, just fucking be there in person. I don't care. Yeah. I didn't, I wasn't able to get the tickets or anything. And cool. I'm glad you were able to go see your favorite artist. I, I have no interest in that artist. <laughs> so if I wanted to go, I would have gone. Mm-hmm. And 
So when it comes to those live events, I couldn't agree more with like being present. Social yeah. media has made it to where we are not present at all. The first thing that we do yeah. is pull out our phones, which um, Casey Neistat, I don't know if you know who he is. I do. But um, I don't know if you remember that app that he made, Beam. He no, made um, an app that was sold to CNN, I think it was, oh. um, called Beam, to where it's instead of holding it up, you put it on your chest, and that way you can still be visual. Oh. But you're recording it with like putting it up to your chest and doing that. And I thought that was the coolest thing ever because I'm like, that you can is. still technically record it and stuff. But I mean, for me, I have the memories of watching the fireworks from this last 4th of July. Yeah. I didn't need, I, all the friends I was with, they were all recording on their phones and stuff and doing all this. And I'm like, watching it on a small screen, I might as well just pull up a YouTube video at that point. Exactly. I think the issue comes in. So, yeah, like having member, like having a couple pictures, a couple of videos that like are yeah. your core memories from the event, like I right. think are, are great. And like, especially if you know that you're going to go back and watch them, they're going to be meaningful to you. Right. But if you're watching the concert through your phone, is like that's where I'm like, you yeah, could, you, I mean, it could just be like you said, a YouTube video on your phone. Like, be present. There's people around you. Yeah. There's music. There's all this stuff. Like, that's what I. Yeah, I would say that that needs more attention. It's just this just, present moment right now. So it, I'm working on that too. It ruins experiences. I feel like it, it's yeah. not allowing you to really embrace the experience that you're supposed to be having. Like, if you are going to a concert, if you're going on vacation, if you're going to somewhere like this, and the entire time. It's like you're almost trying to prove to somebody else that you're having fun instead yeah. of just actually having fun yourself. Like if you are traveling and every two seconds you're posting about what you're doing, it's like, are you really doing it? Or are you trying to just make other people jealous mm -hmm. that you're doing it? It's so interesting because like there's this joke about like when you're a social media manager, your personal accounts go dead and that happened to me. But I don't know if this is true for everybody, but it's like I have found that like so when I'm on my computer I'm on my phone all day when I'm not doing like when I'm not when I'm not working mm -hmm. I don't want to be on my phone yeah I don't want to do that stuff and it's that has contributed too to like no I want to be more present in this moment right now um and I feel like it can be disconnecting too when you're when you're with people or like I know when I'm with somebody they're posting on their story or things like that right. like when we're supposed to be like talking whatever like it can it's it's disconnecting i'm like oh yeah. well, like are you present are you here with me right now yeah um yeah it's it's it can be distracting so oh I think. when i'm with somebody and i'm trying to talk to them and they're like oh i'm listening and doing this and i'm like are you sure <laughs> you're like are you sure you're listening I'm, like, i'll even like test them a little bit i'm like okay blah 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 and if they don't respond i'm like you know what? i'm just i'm like oh no, no i'm just i just need to do this i'm like you can wait either wait two seconds or tell me hey Give me one Give me, sec. Yeah. I need to respond to this person. It's an emergency. I don't want you to pull out your phone in the middle of us talking and be like, oh, yeah, no, I'm listening because I'm like, no, you're not listening. I'm sorry. Yeah. Your, your brain can't do that. Your brain can't be listening to me fully engaged in the conversation that we're having along with texting this person or doing whatever, checking Snapchat or something. Yeah. Like that kind of shit irritates the absolute shit out of me. And... um we were, me and my girlfriend were talking about this actually, and we both realized that we're on our phones way too much. Half the time when we're hanging out, we're on our phones and just watching TikToks or watching this or doing this. And for me, I'm like, I don't want to do that. She actually bought herself a Motorola Razor flip phone, I and that way that. she could like switch to that for a little bit. Yeah. Um, but obviously, flip phones are not really as usable these days with things like Maps or whatever. Yeah. 
Um, but there's this other YouTuber, Matt Davila, that I was watching. Um, he did an experiment with like how he could not be on his phone. So he bought a couple different types of phones. There was like a dumb phone, this little touchscreen thing, but it just had like three apps on there. But the easiest thing that he realized that can still allow him to do what he needs to do, but not be as present, is getting one of those smartwatches that doesn't need your phone with you, that has the service and everything on your phone. Because it still has maps, it still has texting, it still has calling, but it doesn't have like Instagram and Snapchat and Facebook and all this other kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. you, if you can still get a hold of people if you need to, and you can still have things like GPS, but you're not glued to something that's like vibrating in your pocket with a yeah. Facebook notification telling you, hey, this happened, or you got this many likes on your last post or something. It's literally the bare bones minimum, and you don't have to have it. And for me, I was like, I want that. I want to be able to just That's like nice. have a watch or something. That way, if someone needs to get a hold of me, I can still get a hold of them. Yeah. But I'll be like, oh, I'm sorry. I can't respond to your Snapchat until I get home because I leave my phone at home. Yeah. It's turned into my house phone. I could just have my watch with me and be like, okay, cool. Interesting. Okay, I hadn't thought about that before because I've been a little bit resistant to watch like technology on yeah. me because, like I said, like I have it all day and then I'm like, some, I just want it away from right. me. Um, but that's a good point. I, I didn't know that you also couldn't, you didn't have to be like connected. Like well, next there's to different it. types of watches. Okay. So you, if like you have a phone plan or something, you can get a phone plan that like they put the SIM card inside of the watch itself and you can just use the watch instead that's of having cool. the phone with you. And for me, I really want to try experimenting with that to That'd be interesting. just be like, I leave my phone only at home. Mm-hmm. And that way, if I want to check social media or something, I can only do it at home. Um, for like an hour or something and like putting a time constriction on those apps but that way I'm not like oh I won't check it and stuff while I'm out because I tend to like be watching YouTube or like be Mm -hmm. standing in line and like it's funny too because lately I've been realizing that anytime someone's not fully engaged something else they pull out their phone totally when I when I was waiting here to be let in the building I was kind of sitting down, and then for me, I had my phone out because I was trying to write down some notes and stuff. But immediately, I saw like three people sit down. The first thing they did is take out their phone and yeah. start scrolling. And I'm like, oh my God, we're in apocalypse. Like, what is going on? I know. I try. It's like a reflex. I'm like so good. Gu- I'm guilty of that too. Yeah. But I, I try not to. Yeah. Like, I sometimes I take pride in like if I'm waiting for something and I'm instead just looking around and people watching as opposed to taking out my phone. But yeah. it, I mean, I still I still do it too. And I have, oh, I'm guilty. I have the time constraint on my um, TikTok, but sometimes it comes it comes and I'm like, nope, like not today. I can't. Like I, I literally that they need to create some sort of thing to where it's like obviously there's some points to where I need to have a little bit more time especially yeah. if I'm on Instagram and I'm like okay well I did scroll a little bit earlier but I need to start responding to people for yeah, the like, business and yeah. doing all that so like maybe they can do like in this account you can only have like having specific things for time restraints like you have Ooh. time restraints for scrolling but it'll still allow you to message people yeah you just can't scroll anymore yeah or like you said having specific accounts because I, I scroll like obviously yeah. my personal account for my personal stuff but if I had like if I couldn't go on that account yeah. or like had a limit on there that would change the game so sure. Apple if you're listening <laughs> it'd be really awesome if you could put Jeez. certain time constraints for <laughs> things like scrolling because if I if I could separate what I do in the app and make it to where in Instagram I have one hour of scrolling only and that's it 
but I have unlimited time for messaging people that will yeah. make my networking ability a lot easier. Totally. So having like little things in that, that would be make it so much better. And I know that would be kind of screwing Instagram over, but I'm sorry, Instagram, you make billions already. You don't need more. <laughs> you can afford it. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for, for coming on. Thank you um, so much for having me. I, we didn't really talk about everything I want to talk about. I'm usually not one to record in the mornings. I'm still trying to work on being a morning person. And Same. Um, with how my schedule's been lately, mornings are not my favorite thing. And I'm not usually talkative in the mornings. I'm usually get the fuck away from me until I'm caffeinated <laughs> and fed. So I'm trying to get better on that. Um, so there is a small chance we might just re-record this episode. That's okay. Um, but, I mean, we, we have this just in case. Or not even re-record this episode, but do like a another welcome back mm-hmm. to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to have you do your little signature thing. Hopefully you remember it. My name is Samantha Crowley Studding, and I've been unmasked. Heck yeah, you remember <laughs> it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Samantha.